Pastor Greg from Uptown Church Real Talk. Today we're going to be talking about how do we make an impact in our communities. I have some distinguished guests here. I would like for them to introduce themselves. Would you start over here with Pastor uh, Michelle? Yes, I'm Pastor Michelle Jackson. I am the uh, director of Church Builders Bible Training Center where we do um, Bible classes and we do um, Bible studies for people who are um, struggling in their faith. And I am also a marketplace chaplain where I um, chaplain at several locations around the city. I'm Asia Thank you. Thank you so much for introducing yourself. And thank you so much for just being here today. You know, we had this ice storm and everything else this week, you know, and, and every, I'm talking about it got kind of willy-nilly there for a minute. Uh, you you're know? not joking. You're not joking. <laughs> I slid down the driveway. That's why I stayed at home two days. Yeah, two days. <laughs> it, it was something. My wife, she, she kind of looked out the window and just kind of went back in the house and said, I'm not going nowhere. You know, it's funny. You know, um, um, one of the things that, that, that I'm really trying to do now that I am senior pastor here at Uptown Church is make a difference. And, and on Sunday mornings, I can't make a difference. Now, how, now, how can I, now let me explain that. It's because we are in an age now where media and social media and all of this is taking place. Absolutely. But if I only have the sermon on Sunday morning, I'm missing somebody. Amen. You know, one of the things here at our church, you know, our motto is everyone is welcome, everyone has value, and nobody is left behind. So with that being said, this is why this platform is so important, because I don't want nobody to be left behind, mm -hmm. you know. And um, our biblical standpoint for today is Zacchaeus. I think it comes out of Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. And, and, and I picked Zacchaeus because Zacchaeus was a part of the community, but he was also shunned. Mm -hmm. and, and, and a lot of our young men and women today they feel like they're shunned in our own communities. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm just going to kind of touch base on a little things. You know, Zacchaeus was a tax collector and he was wealthy. But our young men and women, they are rich in promise and in purpose. Uh, he wanted to see Jesus and and, 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 and so a lot of our young women and men are really trying to find their destiny and to fulfill their purpose and their promise. At the same time, the Bible says that he was a short man. You know, and I look at that, you know, sometimes because I'm six foot two, you know, and I look at that, you What's know, that like being six foot two? it's just kind of up there a little bit. <laughs> I barely scratched five eight with three inch heels on, so I just wondered. Just kind of get up there a little bit, right. you know, and, 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 but, but the whole thing was that he was a tax collector, mm -hmm. he was wealthy. Mm -hmm. And he was short. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So everybody was like looking at this joke, like, you mean to tell me you got money? Like, who are you? Yeah, yeah, you know. And, and, and so, so the, the, the short part of it was his, was, I don't want to use the word handicap, but the, him being short kind of limited him, limited, limited him to, to certain things. Mm -hmm. But that's the same thing with some of these young men and women in our communities. You know, they look at their circumstances that they're facing and, and, and we're here today to help them try to figure a way out of their shortcomings. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. Uh, the crowd, you know, the streets, yeah. the crowd, mm -hmm. the world, you know, the world, how the world looks at individuals. You know, we had a short conversation here this morning 
when uh, uh, Miss Douglas was talking with me and she was saying, and it made so much sense, you know, we focus so much on the young men with their pants sagging, but if we give them an, an example, then they'll pull their own pants up. Mm -hmm. Amen. But as long as you are looking at them with their pants sagging and they think that you're judging them, mm -hmm. then they're never going to pull them up. That's true. Mm -hmm. And you know what, Pastor, you said something because in your office, when you took us up there, you have that scripture, um, Proverbs 18, 29, this is where there is no vision. Yes. The people perish. Your, yes. your plaque says lead with vision. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think that's the plight of people today. Yes. If they don't have a vision for their life, mm -hmm. one of the translations says they cast off restraint. Yes. They have no discipline. They have no goal to reach. They have no reason to restrain if they don't have a vision. And so rather than, like you were saying, Unshamika, focusing on their shortcomings, why don't we give them vision for their lives? Yes. And literally immerse them in that vision. Yes. And then what happens is their their morality and their actions begin to follow because they have a vision that they want to reach. So okay? true. Well spoken. So true. So true. I mean, if I could, yes, go ahead. I would say that with giving people vision, we have to remember that vision does not express itself exactly the same way mm -hmm. in every person. That's Something right. that I struggled with a lot in my late teens and early 20s was that the vision that God had for me did not express itself the way people expected it to. Mm -hmm. So I worked, you know, I went to, I moved to Lansing, I'm, you know, because I'm from here, mm -hmm. uh, but I moved to Lansing to go to law school. Okay. But I worked full time and I went to uh, school nights and weekends. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't go to Sunday morning service. Yeah. I spent the better part of 18 months looking for a midweek service mm -hmm. that I could get to on a night I didn't have class. Yeah. It wasn't that I didn't want connection. It wasn't that I didn't want to be with other saints in worship, but Sunday wasn't an option. I was mm -hmm. in class from 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. for five years. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people didn't understand that I was working towards a vision that God had given me, mm -hmm. you know, since I was a little girl. I mean, mom will tell you I was eight years old when I told her I wanted to go to law school. That's right. And so I spent my whole life trying to do it, but I kept doing things that people didn't expect. So they told me that I wasn't doing it. Mm -hmm. just because it wasn't, they, they were like, well, if you're going to do this, you should be doing this. You should be doing this. You should be doing this. Well, that just wasn't the path that God had for me. Yeah. And I was still pursuing a vision. It just didn't manifest the way people expected it to. So a lot of times when I'm talking to people my age or people younger than me, I, I try to remind them, don't, don't look at what you're trying to pursue the way other people would pursue it. Mm -hmm. How are you going to get there? There you go. And let people, you know, chase that dream and chase that vision the way that it works for them because we don't all do it the same way. And, and, and if I could piggyback off of that a little bit. That what, what you just said to me was this, break the traditional thinking. Mm -hmm. The traditional thinking will have you, if you're not doing this, if you're not doing this, then you're not part of Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. If you break that traditional thinking, because these young people nowadays, they don't want that traditional thinking. Mm -hmm. They, what they want is a relationship that's for that's themselves. That's it. That's it. That's it. And, 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 and that's why it was so important when I picked Zacchaeus. Mm -hmm. It's because he did something that was very untraditional mm -hmm. to find Jesus. The Bible said that he ran and he climbed a sycamore tree. Mm -hmm. 
because of his circumstances that he was short. Everybody's standing over the crowd. They're looking at him. Uh, you don't need to see Jesus. And Jesus coming this way. But he made it personal within, within himself, and he climbed that tree. Now, I'm saying all this is because I believe that we have to help individuals sometimes find their sycamore tree. Because if we can find, help them find their sycamore tree, then our job is done. Because in that sycamore tree is purpose, Amen. destiny, Amen. and so forth. Right? Um, now, I, before I start the conversation in this context, Zacchaeus, I, I, <laughs> he is a powerful man in the Bible. We don't think of him in that context. His name means pure. Mm, interesting. That's what his name means, pure. Now, think about it in this context. How can someone's name mean pure and still be shunned at the same time? Still be considered an outcast at the same time? These young men and women that we're talking about, that we're trying to reach, they're pure in heart. That's good. But the world has them thinking that they are an outcast. They have to believe in their own pureness to have hope. They have to believe, like you said, Pastor Michelle, in the vision. And the vision is clouded by generational curses. Mm -hmm. Alcoholism, drugs, addiction. But the key is poverty thinking. Absolutely. We have to break poverty thinking. And we don't have enough time for you to tell me, for me to sit up here and tell my testimony. But poverty thinking will keep you with that check once a month. Mm -hmm. When you can go to a trade school and make $90,000 a year mm -hmm. here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. That's right. And you know what else? Can I, yes. can I add yes. to that? Yes. Because the other challenge that I think our communities have is the idea of scarcity. We believe that there's not enough for everybody. Mm -hmm. And when there is an idea of scarcity, that's where theft comes in. That's where mm -hmm. violence comes in. Because if I if you're I have to take yours because there's not enough for both of us. Yes. If we understood the resources that were available and understood yes. that there was enough for everybody to have their share, then you would have less pull and tension of the give and take because I don't have to take yours. Yes. I can have my own. Perfect. And, and that, that's going to lead us into this part of the conversation. And I know it's an open-end question. Okay. Excuse me. It's an open-end question, but how do we make an impact in our community? I would say um, working in community, and I've, I've it's ironic I've been having this conversation for the past like 48 hours with four different people <laughs> um, just talking about how how do we make impact in communities and um, from the Detroit area so looking at the resources over there versus over here in Grand Rapids and how different it is but the key to these resources is that I'm of that belief of if you know of the resources, the onus is on you. Because mm -hmm. people don't know what they don't know. Yes. Amen. Yes. And we cannot expect someone 
to know something and to behave a certain way if they don't they have no way of even knowing mm -hmm. right. so we have to be the ones as that know these resources to share with them yes to make that impact and with that that involves collaboration mm -hmm. that helps somewhat solve this idea of scarcity yes because we're stronger together yes we have to be intentional if yes. you want to be impactful, it's about intention. And remember, it's not about me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Leave your ego at the door. Yes, come on. Leave it at the door. It's bigger yes. than me. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than any institution because it's not about that. It's about the people you're serving. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you lose sight of that, you're no longer making an impact. Yes. Yeah. It's perfectly true. said. That's true. Absolutely. I also believe that we need to tap into our young people. We need to tap into their purpose. Mm -hmm. um, we need to meet them where they are. Yes. We're, we're, we, we talk this talk and we've been having these talk as I say I'm a community liaison. I almost be in a meeting every day about what we could do in mm -hmm. our community. Mm -hmm. Well first we're going to have to stop these meetings. Yes. Mm -hmm. Come on now. That's what we're going to first have to start. Because we keep on doing all these meetings. We're wasting money mm -hmm. that we're begging for already. We're begging for funders to come in. Yes. We're using this money to just sit at a meeting and buy donuts and coffee for everybody at the meeting to continue to say what we need to be doing. What we need to do is put our boots on the ground. Come on now. We need to stop judging these babies. Yes. That's right. And meet them where they are. Okay. If they at the park playing basketball, smoking, doing whatever. Let's go to the park with them then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And not just be at the park with our nose turned up looking at them like, no, let's go, hey, how you doing? How's your day going today? Yeah. Because yeah. they probably don't have that parent at home asking them that. Even if they do have that parent, mm -hmm. that parent is not someone they want to talk to. Yeah. My daughter don't come and talk to me as often as I would like. Mm -hmm. And I understand why. Mm -hmm. That's fine. She'd rather go to her grandmother. That's fine. But she has that village that she could go to. Yes. Yeah. We need to come back and become that village. As a village, we can change the narrative. Mm -hmm. So we need to come out, get our children, tap into their purpose, not their potential. Because see, if Jesus Christ only tapped into his potential, he wouldn't have never fulfilled his purpose, which yeah. was dying on the cross. Come on now. Okay? So that's the same way with our babies. And we have to do it with love. See, the old church, we have to get out that tradition of just sitting in church or just uh, coming to a peaceful assembly, even if it's not in church, and just turning up our nose to something where we think is not Christ-like. Come on now. Right. Instead of actually tapping into the, the, that word. If we want to get back to, uh, give back to our community, if we want to come back and take our community back from Satan, because that's what's out here. Satan yes. going to and fro, and he has stolen mm -hmm. our community. Mm -hmm. We need to come back and get it back from him. But we have to use the word of God as well. Mm -hmm. Okay? We have to keep the word of God. They took it out of schools. They took it out of the courts. They're taking it out of everything. We have to start bringing it back yes. and bring it back with love. We can't just force feed it to people either. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay? And you know, to your point, I love that because you... You made me think about that part of the Zacchaeus story mm -hmm. where Jesus looks up in the tree and says, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. Yes. Mm -hmm. All he said was, I'm coming to your house. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Zacchaeus responds with, I'm going to give back everything I stole. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, we know that Jesus knew he was stealing, mm -hmm. but did that community know? Probably not. Yes. Mm -hmm. So not only did he, he receive the Savior with gladness, but he also repented. Amen. He repented from his dead works and turned toward faith toward God just because Jesus said, I see you. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
So what if the body of Christ would take the donuts from the meeting to the to the co the basketball court? Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. And say, I see, see you. you. Yes. Yes. And that's what most of them want anyway. Mm -hmm. It's just for you to see them. Yeah. yeah. Just for you to see them. So, uh, see, like, I love your haircut, honey. But you. 10 years ago, they wouldn't even, they would have been frowning upon it. You see oh, what yeah. I'm saying? And that's the problem, though, these days. We still like that. We're starting to get a little more mm -hmm. lax, a little more loose with things. Mm -hmm. But we still, half of the stuff that we put on these children, there's no scripture to follow up with. It. Yeah, mm -hmm. come on now. So we just we just throwing stuff out here. So that's why one, the babies don't want to come to the church. Mm -hmm. Why? So I could be condemned. Come on I now. don't want to be. I want to be where some. I know my friends looking at me. I know they the half of them. I know some of them are a little scared, but I know that they got my back quicker than the pastor do. Mm -hmm. Because all the pastor looking at is that I'm out here smoking marijuana or my pants is sagging. Mm -hmm. To the point of earlier, that's why I said the girl. If we Stop just condemning them of what they're doing. As you mm -hmm. said, as soon as he said, I'm coming to your house, he repented and he said, that's the same thing with anyone else. Yeah, I believe it. As the lady said the other that. day in our women's meeting, um, something about a hoochie mom. If the young lady come in here looking like a hoochie mom in church, you're not going to condemn her. That's right. I, I got on fishnets. Mm -hmm. I wish you would. Go ahead. Because you know what? He would all see and cast first though. Come on now. Okay? Mm -hmm. So don't condemn me. Mm -hmm. If I feel with if if it's an issue, once I get the love of Jesus Christ, He gonna talk to me, That's right. and He gonna let me know. That's it. Yep. See, like He did uh, Zacchaeus. Absolutely, I'm gonna give it all back. And mm -hmm. Jesus said this, didn't He? He said, "The whole law and the prophets can be summed up like this: Yes, love the Lord your God mm. with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and all your strength." And to love your neighbor Come on now. as yourself. Yes. And then the hypocrite said, mm -hmm. who is my neighbor? Yes. yes. Because they wanted to find somebody that they didn't have to love. Yes. Mm -hmm. Come on now. And then Jesus gives them the parable of the Samaritan. Yes. Come on. I mean, it's like over and over, Christ is trying to teach us, look, you have to love people. Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. And then you let what I what I really believe that if we would get out of the way of the Holy Spirit Amen. and Amen. we give people the love of Christ, mm -hmm. it is the Holy Spirit who convicts people of sin yes. because yes. we don't know their hearts. We don't know the root of what's happening in them. Yes. But the Holy Spirit knows. Mm -hmm. Yes. So if I get out of the way, show them the love of Christ and get out of the way. And let the Holy Spirit do the work. work. Yes. Yeah. yes. And in perfect. the meantime, in between time, we stay prayed up. We have Absolutely. to stay on our face. We Absolutely. have to stay on our face. Because mm -hmm. faith without works is dead. So we got to pray about it. We got to hit the streets about it. You have to do something. You can't just say, oh, I want this to change. Oh, it's yeah. not going to change. Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah, come on. Faith without works is dead. I love reminding hypocrites of that phrase. Because we always say, well, I want to do this, or this should be that, or this should be this way, or you should be that way. And you never show anybody how to do it. Exactly. You know, I... Uh, or give them the tools to do it. Or give them the tools right to there. do it. Come on. Uh, you know, the, the biggest way I feel like you make impact is you educate and empower. Yes. Mm -hmm. You can give you give people the knowledge they need, and then you give them the room to do what they got to do. Amen. Yes. Amen. And I just love, I love talking about how we can translate thoughts to action. I mm -hmm. would much rather 
be out in the street and make three mistakes yes. than have 10 meetings about how to do it perfect. Come on now. I mean, like, I'm like you. I'm in meetings all kinds of how to change this, how to work that, how to tweak this every day. And that's, you know, it has its place. Mm -hmm. But too often we stop there. Mm -hmm. And we have to start, we really do have to start getting out there and giving people simple information. In my line of work, we use a lot of jargon. Yes. And it is, it's bad for me. It's bad for everybody we mm -hmm. talk to. It feels like a great idea because it's shorthand. But at the end of the day, if mm -hmm. I can't explain to somebody who's not in my bubble mm -hmm. what I'm talking about, I don't understand it. And then I can't use it to help you. And so one of the things that I've done to kind of try to make an impact in the spaces that I'm in is to translate as much of that jargon into the plainest language I can get it to so that everybody can understand what's going on. That's it, sister. Because then you can use it. Like, yes. you know, I'm not going to tell you how to play the trumpet. I'm going to give it to you, though. There you go. Mm -hmm. You play jazz. You play some, uh, some classical music. You play whatever you want on that horn. Mm -hmm. But here, I'm going to give it to you. There you go. Here's all the stuff you need to play it. Yes. Play the music you like. And I just, I love taking those opportunities to like bring things down to the, you take the jargon out of it, we're taking all this, you know, unnecessary extra stuff off of it. And you just give people, for lack of better, raw information and truth mm -hmm. and then let them use it. That's right. And as a, so, That's as I say, I'm a community liaison, so I'm out in the community all the time. I'm listening to the, the all of the complaints that's going on taking mm -hmm. place, and that's the biggest one is that when individuals do come in the community saying how they want to help and help support the community, mm -hmm. they come using all these big words. Now mm -hmm. I am a college educated um, individual as well, but however I've been out of school over ten years now. And I'm, I'm trying to keep up with my children, so half of the stuff I'm trying to listen to what they say, and I don't even understand. So I don't even understand what I learned ten years ago in college either. Mm -hmm. So when I'm coming to individuals, I'm coming, I'm dummying down literally everything I know, mm -hmm. even dummying down some of the stuff the kids bring to mm -hmm. me because I want to be able to try to connect everybody yep. with everyone. Absolutely. And even if I don't understand some of the jargon, I'm gonna ask some of the children, "Well, what that means?" So I could be on their level as yes. well. Mm -hmm. Also understand what they're talking about when they're speaking, and then that way too you could also infiltrate them when they try to do something they ain't got no business doing. Yeah. You go out and learn their jargon, but you can't come to them with, as you say, your your law jargon because mm -hmm. I wouldn't know what you're talking about. Listen, sis, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. 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 That's and where you, know you have to meet the, them where they at. You okay. do. You do. Mm -hmm. And the problem solving, to me, it's problem solving. Mm -hmm. So, if you're talking to someone and they have a problem, if you can break the jargon down to a plain language, give them the tool they need to solve their problem, you've formed a connection and a bond yes. of relationship yes. that Pastor mm -hmm. Greg is talking about, mm -hmm. that now you can begin what is my you know, passion, which is a discipleship relationship. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, think about what Jesus did. Um, is this okay? Yes, go ahead. Think about what Jesus did when he called the disciples. Mm -hmm. You know, they had been fishing all night. That was their livelihood. Mm -hmm. Yes. Did not catch a single fish. And these are professionals. Yes. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, cast your net on the other side. And Peter was like, I'm a professional. I've done this. It didn't work. work but... 
at your word, or in our mm-hmm. phrase, to humor you, yeah. there you go. Yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> they gathered so much fish that their nets began to yes. break. Mm-hmm. Jesus met their natural need, and then he said, let me disciple you, and I'm going to show you how to win men just like yes. you got those fish. Mm-hmm. Yes. Amen. Yes. Perfect. That's what we need to do. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So the the next part of that, and let's pick, let's continue to piggyback. Then, um, how do we reach out to families mm-hmm. who are asking for help, and 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 how do we help them gain some of the resources here in Grand Rapids? I heard you talk about that. You know, is is that like 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 you said, we can have all the meetings in the world. Mm-hmm. And we eat the donuts and drink the coffee and we get in our Jeeps and get in our Cadillacs and ride in somebody else's while we go right by the person who's catching the bus who's looking for the resource. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and it's, it's like, well, we just had this wonderful meeting. My wife would call me and say, Greg, how did the meeting go? The meeting went wonderful, but I just rode right by somebody who was standing out in the cold and waiting for the bus to come, and they're struggling. Mm-hmm. See, how, how do we reach them? How do we reach those families? That's my question. Well, I, controversial answer. Yes. Listen to them. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm in a lot of meetings with a bunch of people who think they know better than the people who need help. Yes, <laughs> yes. And uh, I've learned the hard way that the best way to help somebody is to ask them what they need. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes what they need is for the bus to come more regularly. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want a car. They don't want the responsibility or the extra expense that comes with a car. I mean, you know, even if it's not a nice car, having one is a luxury that yes. costs more money between taxes and gas and everything mm-hmm. else. Sometimes what people want is just for the bus to come more regularly and to go more places. Sometimes when you talk to people, you know, what they want is for the schools to have, you know, before and after care. When mm-hmm. I was a kid, the elementary school had before care and after care. So mom would drop me off before work, like, you know, 7, 30, 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then I stayed at school. I was in school. So, mm-hmm. you know, class starts around 9 o'clock. You have school. School's out at 3. And then I stayed at school until about 5.30 when mom got off work and she could pick me up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of it is instead of postulating, you know, those of us who feel we know better for mm-hmm. whatever reason, you don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> For whatever reason you think you do, you don't. Is just sitting down with the people who are in need and don't ignore them when they tell you what they need. Mm-hmm. And then we can problem solve how to get them what they need. But we start with, what do you need? Okay. What do you think you need? What can I give to you to make this experience better? And then help them get it. Don't tell them what they need. Mm-hmm. So I'll oh. oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't think that's controversial at all. I think that's that's just what's needed, right? Mm-hmm. So I think being in community work, you get this idea of we're doing this for the community and we're this is what they need, but then a lot of times we don't realize what they need changes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so you constantly have to have a person at the table mm-hmm. to voice Amen. what their needs are. You can't just keep assuming it's this, it's that. And it's been that for 10 years so it's the same way no it's different mm-hmm. it changed two years ago mm-hmm. yeah. and if you don't have a pulse on that what's going on then you're never going to know yeah right and that means you have to be boots on the ground you have to be in the community mm-hmm. you can't solve the 
solve issues of a community being miles away from it. Exactly. Yes. You got to be there with the people. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're, you're not helping, you're hurting. Yeah. And it could be very simple as, yeah, we just need the bus to come two more times. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then it takes, again, collaboration to everyone because it's that understanding of, okay, we're these community advocates. We have to talk to the transportation department. Mm-hmm. We may have to talk to the city to make sure we get more bus routes because we didn't realize that we shut this bus route down. So that means that now that's 50 families that can't go to work. There's, mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. an employee shortage. Like there's, it snowballs. Mm-hmm. Right? So we have to do that. Mm-hmm. That's not controversial at all. That's what's absolutely needed. And, and don't you think that we need to really um, make it uh, simpler? Mm-hmm. Sometimes yeah. the jargon or the, the jargon yeah. or the system. You know, I had a, um, in my chaplain work, um, sometimes there's urgent calls. And I got a call from somebody that said, I don't want to live anymore. And I tried to call Network 180. 45 minutes later, I could not get them any help. Mm -hmm. And I had made over five or six different calls Mm -hmm. to different agencies to try Mm -hmm. to get this person help. And the only thing I could do was to take them to emergency because I could not use the system that we had in place Mm -hmm. because there was so much red tape. Yeah. And people that are volatile, they're and they're in survival mode. They don't have the ability to think through all the red tape. Yes. yes. They get frustrated quickly, they want to give up quickly, and then they result in the violence, mm-hmm. in the in the scarcity mode. Because the red tape is so thick mm-hmm. that they just they feel hopeless. In trying to work through it. Yeah. That's why this is a twofold work. Yeah. You have to have the boots on the ground, but you also have to have the individuals in the background doing the advocacy and the policy part. Mm-hmm. Because the system that she she uh, mentioned earlier, the system wasn't made for us, mm-hmm. for us melanated folks. So the system is not broken. It just wasn't made for us. So now we have to infiltrate this system mm-hmm. for it to work in our favor. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, but the first thing we have to do is first go out to these funders and get this money to come in, so we could do some of these things that we said. Because of course we can't do get our boots on the ground without this funding. Mm-hmm. But it have to be a twofold. You can't do one without the other. Yes. To me, um, that's what I have noticed. Because yeah, okay, we could get the funding, but then who's going to be on the ground? We can't put individuals on the ground who's not from our community mm-hmm. because they don't know anything about our culture or community. Yes. So they don't know how to even come in, try to impact us or empower us. That's mm-hmm. right. You know. That's right. So. As he stated earlier, we need to be at them tables. How are you making decisions about us without us? That's like mm-hmm. a slogan I have picked up in another meeting I was in. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, we keep having these means. But again, put us at the table. And that's why I pushed to my black and brown brothers. Get on the, uh, the police department. Get in the police department. Mm-hmm. Get with the fire department. Get in some of these jobs that we look at like no or we shun, but because if we get in there, we're able to change some policy and procedures mm-hmm. where we are able to help our community a little better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we have to get in there first, so we have yeah. to be at the table because sometimes they shut the doors on us. 
So what you do, infiltrate it another way mm-hmm. by becoming a police officer. There you go. By becoming a, a city commissioner. That way you can make some of these changes as well, or at least Put you could be that name be that when voice. it's time to vote. Yeah. Amen. So my, my question is then, how do we change the narrative of thinking about becoming a police officer to some of the young men and women? We have to be consistent, first of all. We're inconsistent with our babies. One minute we there and we like, okay, we need y'all to do this. Then we 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 oh we got tired of them. Now we take our hands off them. Mm-hmm. Then as soon as they do something, we back at them again. Okay, no, constantly be with them. Mm-hmm. Constantly be with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would also say it, it comes down to supporting the journey that it takes to get there. You mm-hmm. don't come. You don't become a cop overnight. Yes. I have a cousin. He's wanted to be a cop as long as I've wanted to be an attorney. He's just now getting into the police department. We're in our 30s. Mm-hmm. It took a long time to know, get the education, get to know the right people, get the training. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to get into these spaces. Yes. And sometimes when you're working to get into these spaces, you're going to miss the family cookout. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how many events I missed. Family events, time to you know relax and enjoy those connections mm-hmm. because I was in class. Yes. And I couldn't get to where I wanted to go, mm-hmm. where people told me I needed to be. We need you in this space. We need people like you in this room. Well, it's a lot of work to get in those rooms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sometimes just a little bit of extra grace, like, okay, I'll do it. But that means that I might miss my aunt's wedding. Mm-hmm. I might not make it to that christening. Yes. I might miss a family vacation. Yes. And it's not because I don't love you. It's because it's, it's some hard work on this side that I got to do. But the end in support. Mm-hmm. You got to support people in the hard time, in the challenging time. Mm-hmm. When, you know, I have to work, I have to go to school, I have to take care of this, I have to take care of that. What can we do to help you? Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, if I don't have, you know, if I'm using every dollar to pay my bills and to go to school, maybe I just need a weekend away. At a hotel mm-hmm. and a free babysitter. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just for some mental and emotional rest. Mm-hmm. So, what is it that I need? Like you were saying, mm-hmm. it's not that I don't want to do it, but at some point I feel like the challenge mentally, Pastor Greg, is that people think they don't have the support. Yes, come on. Or the resource to even be able to do it. Yeah. So, so the, the next part of it then, you know, so we're talking about resources, families, and so forth. How do we reach that single mom of three mm-hmm. that's working two jobs? Yeah. That, that the second job, she just got the kids from home from school, and, and, and now she's the older. The older child is making sure that the kid, the younger kids get fed, and she's off to Heartside. Helping her remove those barriers. Yeah, you have to. We have to remember that they, there are barriers out here that's prevent a lot of parents from, or a lot of community members from being active in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't go down to city commission meeting and and voice my opinion on what's going on in the city if I know I'm just getting off of work after working two jobs. Mm-hmm. I have to go pick up the twins. Then after I pick up the twins, I have to go home and change the laundry over. Now I got to go make dinner. So if we take away some of these, okay, so if we get her to come to city commission, we how about we offer her a ride instead of her having to drive? Now she can relax. Mm-hmm. And then how about we provide 
provide dinner there for them. So that's something that LinkUp does. We have city commissioners, so we introduce you to the city commissioners who you voted in. Mm -hmm. But when we do that, we, we um, ask you to come to our facility. And then we transport you down there. So you don't have to worry about driving. You don't have to worry about parking because we all know downtown is hectic. Yeah. Then what we do, we also provide dinner for you. So now you don't have to provide that dinner for your children. You don't have to come off and, and rush to go make dinner and then try to make city commission on. No, you just come on and get dinner. Mm -hmm. And it's free. It's open to the public. And then after that, the kids are welcome too because you also want to start your children going to city commission. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. You yes. want to start and plan that into them early. So that's one thing you can do with that money. And also just be that support. Mm -hmm. She need that support because some days we need that village back. She mm -hmm. need that mental health day. Mm -hmm. you she know, does. Before little Ray Ray be locked in the closet. You know, and, and the other thing is, what if she's just tired? Yeah. yeah. Like, or, or what if, you know, even single dads out there, what if they're just tired? Mm -hmm. And it's not that they may need any um, natural resource. So much as they may just need a listening ear yeah. yes. and somebody not to, to judge or shame where they're at, mm -hmm. but just say, I hear where you at. I mm -hmm. see you. Mm -hmm. I see you. Yeah. And every, it's okay. Yeah. You know, let people talk about it. Yeah. yeah. And then they'll, you know, really, if they get that rest, even if it's just a couple of hours, they'll have motivation mm -hmm. to keep going. Rejuvenate mm -hmm. spirit. Yep. You know, you, you, you said something, I think it was Pastor Michelle, um, about like a getaway, you know. Um, and, and I know I'm just kind of speaking out loud, but but I know like my wife, she, she likes going to the spa, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and she likes doing that kind of stuff. She's you know? my girl already. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, just and, letting you know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, how do we figure out, you know, and I know we don't have all the answers here, mm -hmm. but to to get the young lady uh, three or four hours away from the kids, mm -hmm. going to the spa, yeah. reward her for what she's doing as a mother. Mm -hmm. Same thing for, the, for, for single fathers mm -hmm. that are working hard, taking care of their kids. Um, mm -hmm. I want to segue into... The next question, because this kind of falls in place. Um, like I said, I, I, I know we don't have all the answers, but this conversation here, I, I believe, is, is, is good and impactful. And, and I pray that whoever's listening to it will get something out of it, Amen. you know, uh, be able to use it. Um, with that being said, uh, how do we get the interest of some of these brilliant young minds. Mm. When, I, when I talk about young, I'm not talking about, you know, uh, I'm, I'm even talking about somebody 35 years old, mm -hmm. you know, that, that may have been incarcerated, sure. walking out of prison, mm -hmm. that may have just uh, been delivered from a drug or alcohol addiction, mm -hmm. you know, and now they're trying to find their way. And, and how do we get them from the streets to the classroom to a trade school? And what do we tell them? And, and, and you know, it's, it's about um, 
understanding what, what the individual is. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Bible says something that, that I really hold on to. It said that Jesus came down and he met them at a level place. Yes. Mm-hmm. Met them right where they were. Right where yeah. they were. And, yeah. and I believe that, that, that if we give a, someone an opportunity and just meet them there. Mm-hmm. See, because there, there, there's a young woman out there that may be listening to this that wants to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But you are such a prime example of how a black woman can become a lawyer mm-hmm. and still and still make a difference and not allow her environment to change how she grew up. Right. You see, and, and and there's a lot of young women out here and young men who may want to be a banker, who good with numbers, mm-hmm. but nobody ever gave them the opportunity to do it. Yeah. Real quick, do you mind me asking yeah. you too? Because you are a little younger. Your ages? I'm 31. 32. Um, and I think it's, I mean, I, I laugh. I think in my family, I'm the only banker in my family. So um, it's funny, my a coworker, I went to. Our fifth third headquarters is in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. and I need, I need a haircut now, but I need a haircut then too. Um, I do get my haircut regularly. Just throw that out there. Snowstorm. Every, Amen. 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 It's been messing Last me few up. days have been a little in flux. Don't yeah, worry, it's, you'll it's, get a It's all good. But um, he, my coworker, uh, his dad owns a barbershop downtown, Cincinnati, and um, it's like I think it's third generation owned. And we were talking, and he was saying how proud he was of me to be in this role, because mm-hmm. um, I I realized that I'm the first person of any color to be on the executive team here in West Michigan. And mm-hmm. you know, thank you. Yes. Um, and that's something that really stuck with me. It was really heavy when I started. Was uh, I was asked to be the executive sponsor for our um, African American Business Resource Group, mm-hmm. and I asked who the current sponsor was, and they told me, and I said, "Well, why isn't a black person?" And it was wild to me how they said, "Well, we never had a black executive. You're the first. Yes, mm-hmm. and how heavy that was, yes. mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But then having that, hearing that, and then going to Cincinnati and hearing someone else, mm-hmm. my coworker's father, as he's cutting my hair, saying, "You know, it's important." that you're out and people see you out because you may be the only person that they see professionally dressed. You may be the only person Mm -hmm. that they'll ever interact with. So it's important to show up. And again, going back to it's bigger than you. Mm -hmm. Because now that energizes me, knowing like, Mm -hmm. hey, like what I'm doing is important Mm -hmm. because it could encourage that young black or brown kid to, hey, you can do this. Yes, because there, there's not there's not many black people in banking. Yes, not not in the senior leadership role. There's not there's not a lot of people of color. It's predominantly a white male dominated industry, and it is slowly changing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Thankfully, but um, it's that representation matters. Yes, yeah. it matters so, and I, I've known that. But being here in this role, it really reminds me that you have to show up. You got to be present. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you know what, Marcus, to your point, we have to be, we have to have the courage to go into places that we've never been. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it's very uncomfortable mm-hmm. to be in a in a um, room sitting at a table with the only face that looks like yours. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's very uncomfortable. And yet, mm-hmm. if we're going to get to where we're going, we mm-hmm. have to do it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, we have to do it. We've got to do it for that single mom. Yes. You know, we've got to do it for our for our kids that yes. d- have never seen a black banker. Yes. Before. Yep. You know. Absolutely. You, you know, um, I was listening to you, and, and and you made such a valid point because all all I heard was sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the hardest thing for a young person to realize is that the sacrifice has a payoff. That's right. That's good. Yes. So could you mm-hmm. speak to that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess I will say, you know, I was blessed. I had a very supportive family, mm-hmm. um, which made a lot of it easier. But, I mean, it does. I think that that's why... You know, to go back to what we discussed earlier, why the vision part is so important. Yes. I mean, I took, I went to law school part-time, you know, aver- the actual time you're supposed to go, you're supposed to go full-time. Mm-hmm. It's only supposed to take three years. Yeah. I went part-time, so it took me five. Mm-hmm. I woke up every couple months wanting to quit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? come on. It was another, it. you know, seven week, you know, seven days work week because mm-hmm. I worked... I worked full time, you know, for the state. So I was working from, you know, roughly eight o'clock in the morning to six o'clock at night. I go to the law library from six o'clock to ten p.m. Mm-hmm. Go to bed, start the next day over. Yes. And then on the weekend, I was in class for you know hours, and me and my friends, and we were studying together. Not the other thing. I was very blessed to have mm-hmm. to meet and connect with equally driven people. Yes. You know that made it easier. So none we worked it out. None of us wanted to quit on the same day. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we got there. Uh, you know, I had, a, I had a, a dear friend who used to come. She's a, she lives in Saginaw now um, and is a criminal defense attorney. But when we were in school, you know, she lived in Detroit. So she would drive in Friday night and stay with me for the weekend, you know, for school. And, you know, some mornings she would call me and she'd say, I'm, I'm dropping out. <laughs> and I'd say, you can't. Because I can't drop out today. <laughs> you know, and for 20 or 30 minutes, you know, I would encourage her. And then she'd be like, all right, I'm getting dressed. I'm getting on the highway. I'll see you in class. Okay. And some mornings, I call her. I'm dropping out. <laughs> Why are you dropping out? I'm tired. This is my sixth week in a row with no break. I give up. I don't want to take the midterm. She's like, well, I can't drop out today. So you need to be in class at night. <laughs> and, and even broader, mm-hmm. I'm telling you a little bit. Oh, great. The time she called me and said, Mom, she said, maybe I don't want to be a lawyer. <laughs> There's context. <laughs> you know, she's, it, but, it was, but it was because it was a season of intense yes. stress. Yes. And I mean, everywhere around her, her life was consuming and there was no place to rest. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so she had this vision that was being, you know, choked by thorns and thistles, right? Yeah. And so she needed people, strategic people, mm-hmm. that could say, don't quit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. Don't make that decision today. Don't make that <laughs> final decision 
in this stress mode. Yeah. 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 So, so in, in the same breath, how do we, and, and like I said, we don't have the answers. I'm, I'm, not, we don't, I'm not holding this saying I have all the answers because I don't. But how do we get somebody to their sycamore tree? Yeah. You see, yeah. it's 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 like, um, yeah. Uh, the young man, he 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 wants to do something different, mm -hmm. but people have always told him yeah. during his whole life that you know you're not smart enough. Yeah. You can't do it. Uh, look at your daddy. Mm -hmm. You know you're gonna end up like him. Yeah. And 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 so forth, and then. The concept of belief, he starts believing this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he falls down the same rabbit trail. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, what opened up my eyes was uh, we had a bad windstorm here a few years ago, and the front of the church got torn out. Mm -hmm. So I had to get it re remodeled. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And I'm watching from a distance. How they're tearing away all the old stuff that was dangerous mm -hmm. and replacing it with new stuff that looked beautiful. Mm -hmm. See, mm -hmm. I had a conversation with one of the uh, workers and I said, man, I said, you're putting that power line up there. I said, what did you have to do? He said, nothing. He said, I just went to trade school down over here off uh, where GRCC thing is, mm -hmm. off of Garfield, I think it is. Mm -hmm. He said, I just went to trade school. And I asked him a question. I said, how much you make? He said, 92000 mm -hmm. That's not with overtime. Yeah. And those chips that they're making in our, they're going to be making in the United States, mm -hmm. they're going to be paying six figures yeah. for that technical job that you do not need a four-year degree for, yes. mm -hmm. that they're going to teach people how to make those chips, and they will be making six figures. And and so it's, it's, it's like I say, in the beginning was poverty Inside. thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, so in, in part to that, because like we have been talking about, there are a lot of really good jobs you can get. I think the thing that we have to remember when we're talking to people, young or old, is that your job is not your whole life. Yes. Because one of the things that I think we make hard, and I mean, I think this is a wider American idea. I'm supposed to find all purpose and all fulfillment in my job. Mm -hmm. So I'm not necessarily willing to take this other job that might be good for me financially, that might sustain me and meet my natural needs, mm -hmm. because it's not fulfilling me emotionally. It's not yeah. fulfilling me in all of these other ways. So I will, I, I reject something that will take care of a need because it doesn't serve all needs. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. And I think we really do have to start talking to people about, listen, your job is not your life. Yes. It's a job. Yes. Now, granted, I love my work. I'm blessed to love my work. Mm -hmm. But it's not my life. Yes. And it never should be. Yes. And so sometimes when I'm at work working with colleagues from the old guard who mm -hmm. had to be consumed by career to you know, do it. You know, they're kind of surprised that I don't want to go to every after work event, yes. or I don't want to, you know, hang out mm -hmm. longer. And it's not that it's not good to have good relationships with people that you work with, but I'm not going to let my work consume me because it can't fulfill all things. Yes. And so it's okay to go down to the trade school and get a job. It's yes. a job. 
Yes. You, you're going to eat. You're going to be able to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's what the job is for. Yes. Then you also need to still engage with whatever creativity you have. Mm-hmm. If that's you want to read, if that's that you paint, I mean, you know, make music, whatever it is, engage with your creativity. Your creativity does not have to feed you. Yes. Eat and be creative. They don't have to be the same thing. Now, some of us, they are. Yes. But for all of us, that's not an option. Mm-hmm. And I do think that part of it in encouraging people to seek these other opportunities is to let them know you don't have to sacrifice your creativity. You don't have to kill your passions because you need to take a job that will feed you. There you go. You don't have to sacrifice your culture. That. Come on now. You don't have to change who you are because your job is not your identity. Mm -hmm. Yes. You're just doing what you need to do. You work to live. Yes. You don't live to work. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. So maybe people feel there's a, that's a good point. You made me think out loud. Um, they feel like there is a um, sacrifice that they can't pay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to give up too much of me mm-hmm. to do that Yes. when they don't. Yeah. Yes. You know, uh, if, you, if you think about it in that context, kind of piggybacking off you, Pastor Michelle, is that most trade schools last twelve weeks? Mm-hmm. Okay. And and so and so you 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 think about it and what you're just saying is I'm sacrificing twelve weeks of my life mm-hmm. in order to gain this, but I still have my own creativity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See? Yes. That, that reminds me of something I learned in college. Um, one of my fraternity brothers, he he always drilled into us. Never sacrifice a long-term goal for short-term gratification. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I mm-hmm. live by. Yeah. This is like, this This sucks right now, mm-hmm. and it's not fun, but in the end, it's going to be worth the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And I think if for, for people young or old, you just have to remember that. Yes. Yeah. And then on top of that, remember, there is no comfort in growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, like you you will be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. Like life, life is hard. Yeah, but the end result, you'll be better off for it. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna segue into our last part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to take a quote off of Frederick Douglass. Mm-hmm. He says, "Where justice is denied, where poverty is enforced, where ignorance pre- prevails, mm-hmm. and where." Any one class is made to feel that society is an organized conspiracy to oppress, mm-hmm. rob, de- degrade them. Neither person nor property will be safe. Mm-hmm. Gun violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're losing our, our brilliant young minds to death and not success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A life is lost before it even started. 13, 14, 15, 16, 35 years old. Mm-hmm. There's no ripe age for death. Yeah. No ripe age. No ripe age for gun violence. And no one wins. No mother wins. No father wins. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to the grave and somebody's going to life for prison. Mm-hmm. I wanted to address this last issue. Before we close, um, and this is an important issue in our community, mm-hmm. is that our 
young men and women, when I turn the television on and they say someone is shot over here, the first thing that I see in, in my mind's eye is their blood running in the sewer. Like their blood was waste. Their blood that was flowing through their body was, was meant for purpose and success. Not running in the streets. Yeah. Like I said, we don't have all the answers, but how would we address that? Yeah. I... Um... It gives me pause to think about mm -hmm. because I believe that it is um, complex, but not necessarily complicated. Yes. Um, we know that violence predicates violence, mm -hmm. right? So I do believe that the foundation of ending the initiation of violence is ending the idea of scarcity. Yes. I just believe that. Mm -hmm. When people are in a scarcity mode, they are in survival mode, yes. and they will do things violently or otherwise that they would not do if they felt safe. Mm -hmm. And so if there's some way that our community organizations and our churches could create safe places mm -hmm. for people, a feeling of safety. I think we could begin to really um, break into that area where people feel scarcity and thus feel unsafe, mm -hmm. which I think would eventually be very effective yes. in lessening violence yes. and mental health. Yeah, that, that, that's a, a a real critical issue in our community. It's mental health. Mm -hmm. um, it's been like taboo. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to say that I need help. I love your. I was going to say, read his sweatshirt by the way. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, but that to your point, like that's why. Like mm -hmm. I, it, it's super important. I, I remember so many times. Growing up in church and, you know, hearing, well, you can just pray it away. Yeah. And it's just like, prayer is important, yes. But seeking a licensed therapist to help you talk through your problems is also important. Mm -hmm. If you're sick, you go to the doctor. Yep. You still pray, but you still go to the doctor. You listen to what the doctor says. Therapist is also a doctor, but just for your mind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we need that. I mean, yeah. we, like, it's... I mean, you can even go into the environment, mm -hmm. right? So, like, there there is literally studies that show um, if you look in more urban areas, they don't have trees. Uh, yeah. They don't have trees, and because of the trees, you don't have the covering from the sun, so it gets hotter. Uh, and that causes people to act differently. Mm -hmm. It yeah. provides that scarcity mindset. And yeah. you, from mental health to environmental social justice whatever you want to call it like it all plays a part mm -hmm. and it really is going to take all of us from the community to do it yeah. and this is and it, and I think an issue that a lot of people think is oh it's happening in that neighborhood so it's 
their problem. No, it's our problem. It's our problem. Mm -hmm. This is our community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We live in Grand Rapids. This is all of us need to solve this. Mm -hmm. We all need to come together. Absolutely. Yes. Public, yeah. private sector, yes. everybody. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's yes. not going to get solved unless we don't. Absolutely. And then if you do leave and thinking, well, it's okay because it's them, it will happen to you. Yes. Yeah. True. Yeah. I would say, if I can uh, piggyback on that, because the other thing that I do think is important that we have to work towards is to stop othering each other. Mm -hmm. It's just like you said. It's happening to them, not us. Mm -hmm. No, it's happening to us. There's, yes. only, there's only us. And I do think that that othering of people, be it, you know, color, their skin, their socioeconomic background, mm -hmm. whatever, that's what makes it okay that that person, those people, experience violence. Yes, come because on. Because they don't view them as their neighbor. Right. That's not my neighbor. <laughs> that's it. That it's a, you know, you know, we refer to people as it. We shouldn't do that. Yeah. You know. Them. And them. Or them. And them. And it's that... It's that distance that we create mentally and emotionally from people who are experiencing life different from ourselves mm -hmm. that makes it okay that they're hungry, that makes it okay that they're cold. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. um, I went to Aquinas College just on the north end of town, mm -hmm. and uh, they do missions trips all over the world. And my political science professor was telling me one time that he took you know, a group of kids down to the Dominican Republic to, you know, do a missions trip, mm -hmm. you know, the night before they go into the community and they stay at a hotel, then they go in, they were there for like two or three weeks, you know, building houses, you know, helping people out, doing all this sort of stuff. And he says in the night back, you know, they're staying in a hotel before they fly back, you know, to the States. And he said, you know, a lot of the kids, they're like very uncomfortable, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're crying, they're upset because they have access to this hotel. And I have to remind them. The poverty that you saw was there when we got here. Yes. It was there when we were at home. Yes. It's at home. Yes. So don't forget this feeling that you have because right now you're uncomfortable because you were up close with it mm -hmm. and you mm -hmm. couldn't ignore the humanity mm -hmm. of those people. Mm -hmm. Don't ignore their humanity when there's a few miles between. Yes. Don't ignore their humanity because it's been a few days since you saw them. Yes. And so I do think that part of that scarcity, you know, is stopping the othering of your neighbor Yes. Mm -hmm. for whatever reason you find sufficient to other them, because that's what makes it feel like there's not enough. Yes. You know, where I sit here, here at Uptown, um, to my east, I have East Grand Rapids. Mm -hmm. I have 80% of our master's degrees, PhDs. Mm -hmm. That way. Yep. Mm -hmm. To my west, mm -hmm. I have 80% of the poverty mm -hmm. in Grand Rapids. You do? Now, that's an oxymoron, isn't it? It oh, yeah. absolutely is. I'm talking about less than two miles mm -hmm. apart. It's true. it's true. And so, one of the things that when I became senior pastor here was trying to figure out how do I bridge the gap? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do I introduce... East Town to Lafayette. How do I get them to understand that having a Black Lives Matter sign in your yard is still not having the relationship with Shaniqua? Or just throwing money at a problem yes. and thinking it's going to solve it. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. See, it's, it's, it's Absolutely. Um, um, one of the 
one of the programs I have in my in my spirit I haven't birthed yet is having uh, someone who has means have them build a relationship with you and your children and because you are the single mother and you can't afford to take them to spring break that you have a relationship with Marcus and Marcus is able to take your kids to spring break for the first time and and you, they say, well, Pastor, how are you going to do that? Well, we'll figure out funding uh-huh. through a nonprofit uh-huh. that that Marcus will say to you, I, I'll take the whole trip, just give me a thousand dollars, and I have the funding to give Marcus a thousand dollars so he can take your kids. Yeah. See, see, give them a whole total different perspective because now they're building relationship with somebody who doesn't look like them. Mm-hmm. See, and, and, and you, you were talking about building gaps, changing the narrative, changing the thinking, mm-hmm. changing, changing the gun violence is, is giving someone hope. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the Bible says in Psalms 27, it says, I would have lost hope unless I would be believed I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to your to your point, you made me think about real really being faithful is. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is being faithful to the belief that we are the body of Christ. Yes. You know, not just throwing money at a problem and hoping it gets better. Mm-hmm. But literally walking with people, educating people and that idea of vision, right? Mm-hmm. How do you get vision? You immerse someone in a new environment. Yes. Even if it's just temporarily. Oh, yeah. Immersing someone in a new environment so they have all of their senses stimulated by a different source or mm-hmm. a different environment. They go, I want that. Mm-hmm. I want that more often. Mm-hmm. That's vision. Yes. What do I have to do to get that? Yeah. You know, when I was in college, it was a young man. He was like maybe seven, seven, eight years old. Uh, his grandma said, you know, can you take him? Mm-hmm. And so I was doing my homework and stuff like that. So I would go get this young man mm-hmm. and take him to the library. Mm-hmm. And come to find out this is the first time he ever stepped foot in the library. Mm-hmm. So every time I went to do my homework, and I had that time, I made sure I go get him and take him to the library. And then he started checking books out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Started reading books. Yeah. Is sometimes it's not, not it's not necessarily me telling him, but he was watching what I was doing. That's right, absolutely. You know, and, and that, yes, you were just being a great representation. Mm-hmm. You know, because. If it weren't for you, who knows mm-hmm. what would have happened. I mean, I, I had something similar where when I was in Detroit, I was doing Big Brothers, Big Sisters, and my little brother was 16 years old and had never been in the library. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that was misinformation because his mom had an overdue book and 
she told him that he couldn't go to the library because she had that overdue book. Mm -hmm. So he never even thought he could. Mm -hmm. He didn't think it was a possibility for him. Mm. Right? Wow. And like, so the, just showing up, that's half the battle yes. with this. Like, uh -huh. you want to make an impact? Just show up. That that mm -hmm. you're fifty percent there. Yes, That's true. Just show up. Yes, and, 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 and like I said, as we talk about gun violence, is showing another avenue. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. I call it the six second rule. Mm -hmm. Two seconds to pull the gun out. Mm -hmm. Two seconds to pull the trigger. Mm -hmm. And two seconds to watch the body fall. Mm. Six seconds it took for you to ruin your whole life. Yeah. Yeah. Six seconds. That's it. That's crazy. See, and 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 what we have to do is get someone to think beyond the six seconds. Get them to the ten seconds. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You get them to the ten seconds, then they're okay. Let me figure this out. I'm still mad, mm -hmm. but let me figure this out. Yeah. You know. Um, and 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 like and like I said, we don't have all the answers, yeah. but the answer that we do have is that we know that there is a solution to the problem. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the problem is not death, but it's life. Mm -hmm. And it's showing that your life does have purpose yeah. and meaning. Um, I, I really appreciate you guys being here today. Really do. I know we kind of went over a little bit, but the conversation was good. Yeah. <laughs> conversation was good. I, I, I really enjoyed it. And I, and I pray that everyone who's listening enjoyed it. Um, the, the responsibility is ours. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes. yes. I, I am my brother's keeper. To become a solution to the problem of blood flowing in the streets to pumping the blood to success. The curse of wandering in the wilderness with the impoverished belief system and that death is, a, is the only way out. Not realizing that life is going to get you to your destiny. Not realizing that all we have to do is stand together and, and live out this life as purpose as individuals, but come together as community, filled with hope and purpose and, and vision and, 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 and understanding that you have a future. You can be a lawyer. You can be a banker. You can even be a pastor like myself. I wasn't thinking about being a pastor, but mm -hmm. but this but was God's mean. plan and purpose. Listen, we're all glad that you found the conversation. <laughs> we're either going to continue to watch the blood being shed of our future and running, or are we going to grab a hold of the staff right. and hold on it together? and point it towards the promised land for the future of our community and for our children and for the generation that is not even here yet. The challenge is the Red Sea. The challenge is, are we going to look at the Red Sea as blood or are we going to part it 
and walk through it. The purpose of our destiny is that we have to learn how to put God first to bring back our communities. Let everyone hold on to the staff of promise together. And I thank you for coming this afternoon and being a part of holding on to that staff. As I close, this is Pastor Greg from Uptown Church in the beautiful city of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Please come and join us on Sunday mornings from 11 to 12.30 on Wednesday night Bible study from 6.30 to 7.30. We also have our children's church the first and the third Fridays of each month from 7 o'clock to 8.30. We have church van. If you want to contact us, just let us know. We have consent forms that need to be signed and so forth. We have a Swahili prayer service on Saturdays from 4 to 6. And I'm going to leave you with this. Here at Uptown, everyone is welcome. Everybody has value. And nobody is left behind. God bless.